Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of the Coffee with Joffrey podcast. You probably noticed I've been doing a lot of podcasts recently. I'm using this quarantine that we're deep into now to continue to get health professionals all around the world now that we're using um, video calls, Zoom to get people on. So this is great for me because I'm actually learning loads and loads from the people that I'm getting on the show. I hope that you're finding it valuable as well. Uh, today's episode, are quarantine workouts effective? And this is, you know, this episode will go out in a couple of weeks. So we'll still be deep into the quarantine then. So this is still applicable. Um, even if it's not, even if things miraculously get better, I'm sure one day in the future, we'll need to go back to doing home workouts and that type of stuff. But just talking about uh, quarantine workouts, home workouts, bodyweight workouts, that type of stuff. Um, there was only one person to get on the show and he's been on before. It's Corey from Perfect. And the reason I say that is, for those of you that don't follow him, you, you definitely need to follow him just because every time I go on there, he uh, has a new exercise that I haven't seen before. And it's just good and it's kind of testament to what he does as a, a functional trainer. Um, so definitely go in and give him a follow. Corey, how are you doing, mate? All is well, Jeff. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Corey, very, very quickly. I know you've been on the show before. For those that haven't listened to the show, I think maybe it was episode, I'll have to check, but not sure. They can go 31. back and listen. Yeah, 31. They can go back and have a listen. Just uh, tell them who you are. Okay, guys, my name is Corey from Perfect DXB. Um, our company is just basically to make fitness an integral part of people's lifestyle, you know, and scalable to all levels. So like I said just then, you know, I, I send you a message at least once a week going, man, that exercise is awesome. And yeah. I'm someone who's been doing this for a long time. Where do you, you know, are you coming up with these exercises yourself? Is it just ongoing education? How do you come up with all these kind of new movements? And they're not kind of like what I would class as like fad movements, like you're just making it up. They're really, really kind of good, solid, functional movements. Where are you getting these from? Well, it's, it's all based off of the movement, right? And I've, I've been kind of ringing this bell for a long time now and saying it's not so much about what equipment you have, it's about the movements you are manipulating. So, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate off to the presumption that nobody has any equipment at home. And I think that's when I make my workouts um, and start to become very effective in the sense that I'm operating from a movement perspective as opposed to an equipment perspective because if you are look if you're limiting factors the amount of equipment you have then at home you're more or less not going to be able to work out whereas I'm like okay you've got your push pull you've got your hinging movements you've got your squatting motions and you've got transverse and I can manipulate any of those planes even sometimes layer those movements to make other functional movements so they're all based off of um, key and primary movement patterns that I'm just layering and, and moving around the order of to get the training. Yeah, that's awesome. And it good, it's good to hear that it does come from somewhere. You know, you're, you're basing it on your education and things you know work um, coming up with these exercises as well. So that's cool. Right, let's jump into it. Corey, are quarantine workouts effective? I would say my short answer would be yes. I'm sure we get into a longer answer later. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say yes. And I think it, it, it's also going to hinge a lot on what your training goal is, what specifics you're looking for, you know. Um, and I think for, for me, I've been working out at home since the day we got put in lockdown. And I've actually been working out at home some days regardless. So I think you just got to continue with the means. Like it's a surefire way 
to stop your progress if you do nothing. So I would say yes. What, uh, what barriers do we have to kind of overcome? You know, like when, you know, we're both, uh, you know, fitness coaches, probably the number one excuse. I say excuse, it's, you know, we don't know what's going on in people's lives, but the, probably the biggest barrier to exercise usually is time. You know, not having time to get to the gym, not having time to work out. Um, obviously, time isn't really a factor now unless it's, you're, you're a key worker and you're actually ending up, you're, you're working more than ever at the moment. Um, mm. But for a lot of people, it's the opposite. They've got the time. What other barriers are there at the moment that people are running into? Well, one I hear a lot, um, for me, it's never been a barrier for me or, or for anybody I'm training at the moment, is motivation. You know, they're, they're, people need an environment conducive to their fitness, you know, some music blaring, some other people they can interact with, you know, the sound of weights crashing. Um, again, it will, I would say it's the motivation factor. But again, the, the, the reason why I don't hinge too much off of motivation is because I feel like it's, it, it, it depends on the day too much, right? And it's hinging on external factors. Okay, I'm tired. I can't be bothered oh, well, I would prefer to train at the gym. These are all things we cannot, you know, uh, from that, these are all things that change from day to day. And I feel like if your standard is to train and stay fit and healthy, you will do that regardless of your environment. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that is probably the number one right now. And I'm not going to lie, even as someone who, who trains regularly, like yourself as well, you know, I definitely miss that environment. I always... Mm -hmm. I've never been someone who's been into like home workouts. I always treat, treat home for what it is. I always like the idea of going somewhere to do my workout, that environment. Yeah. But at the end of the day, in this time, we have to adapt and overcome those different circumstances, right? So I've had to make some changes. You know, I'm lucky that, you know, my wife is into training as well. We've got a nice little balcony that we can do some workouts on. I guess the other barriers to exercise, um, I mean, you're going to go into it and you mentioned about body weight stuff already, but equipment would be one, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, that, that would be maybe, if, if not on par, maybe even bigger than the motivational factor. Yeah. All right, let's carry on then. Um, how, how do you structure your workouts now? And you can talk on kind of like a personal level because I think it's great you as kind of like a role model, someone who's doing it, practicing what you preach. How do you structure your workouts? And then obviously you're still training people as well, your clients. How are you structuring their workouts? Is there any differences there? Well, I'll start with my clients and then I'll go into my own personal training. Now with my clients, um, I'm manipulating um, accumulative fatigue. And for those that don't know what accumulative fatigue is, it's for, I'm not trying to induce all of the fatigue in one session. It's accumulative over days. So day one, day two, day three, by four or five, you've got the desired training effect. Now, if you're doing a body part split, so if you're doing leg day or upper lower splits, again, you wanna you want to you know get that progressive overload through fatigue. So you're gonna need to do more work, more volume, more, more, more frequency on this particular muscle group to get that desired training effect. Now, with my clients, and because we haven't got external resistance, how many squats would you have to do to induce the same level of fatigue in your legs without a 60 kilo barbell you can put in your back. So what I do now is I might do all my sessions are full body. And again, the desired training effect is over some days. So I'm accumulating the same level of fatigue as, I don't know, some sets with a 60 kilo barbell over three, four, sometimes even five days. Um, for myself personally, I'm actually doing a body part split at the moment. 
So I'm doing my body part splits and then still doing my functional stuff around that. Um, but for me, again, I'm manipulating tempos because I don't want to do 100 rep squats for five sets to get my legs pumped. But if, I, if, I'm, if I'm slow on the eccentric, slow on the concentric, or if I add some halts, so you see a lot of my movements are halt in the middle. Like if I'm doing a split squat, I will go down, come up halfway, go back down and come up, and that would be one rep. So I'm, I'm getting the desired fatigue through playing with tempos. I also do this similar with my clients, but again, with my own workout, I can make it as long or as short as I'd like, whereas with clients, it's, it's, it's going to be on a, on a time frame. Yeah, that's good. And mate, just uh, for those that don't know, you kind of explained it anyway, but just go over a little bit more in terms of like tempo, because I think that's probably one of the most valuable tools that we've got and probably one of the under, most underestimated ones at this time. Just how, how can someone get a good kind of like tempo workout? Well, what I would say is, look, it takes a, a greater level of control to move slowly for a range of motion. There's no point speeding something up unless you can do it slowly. Now, a lot of the times we either work out with moderate tempos or very fast tempos. So when you slow things down, you'd be surprised how much more muscle fibers you're engaging because your body doesn't know resistance. Your body doesn't know equipment. It only knows tension. So if I'm 10 seconds down the squat and 10 seconds up, that's the tension for the set. Now, if I put a 60 kilo barbell on my back and I'm doing one second down, one second up, it's a different sort of tension. But because I haven't got the external resistance, I have to now slow that tempo down to fatigue the muscle more. You know, so again, holds. Um, tempos, even like pause reps, you know, like pause reps is, 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 is big in like the, the S&C community, but just for general people that work out, I never see people doing pause rep squats or, or halting deadlifts or, you know, pausing on the chest and the bench press. But these are all things you can do with the same body weight, staple exercises you have. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's get into a little bit more detail with, uh, this is something that we know as coaches, you know, you would do it as, when you qualify for a personal trainer or an S, a strength and conditioning coach. Um, Principles of training, just three in particular, specificity, progression, and overload. I mean, you can go into as much detail as you want. I think it's important for even the people that aren't necessarily coaches or you know, people just trying to keep themselves fit, understand what the principles of training are. Yeah, well, look, like, like you said, those, those three variables, you have to be manipulating all three. Now, depending on the desired goals, depend on how hard you go at each one. Now, if you're training for, um, I don't know, to, to unlock a, a new motor skill, you know, a, a movement that has a, a high level of, that requires a high level of body awareness, maybe your handstand, you know, I'm sure a lot of people might be working on some overhead work like that. I've got someone who's doing that right now. Yeah. One of my clients. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a perfect, I'm even doing it myself. It's a perfect time to do it because again, you've got more time and you haven't got the external resistance. Build up your body awareness, build up your, your um, motor skills. And that would be very specific. So that's when you would need to go down the specificity route because you need to be doing things that are geared towards obviously building the prerequisite strength, the prerequisite balance, you know, mobility. There's going to be many aspects and that might take up majority of your workout time. Now, if my goal is to, to build muscle, I'm going to be looking more forwards um, um, overload, but not in the sense of overload of resistance, overload of, of, of fatigue in through, okay, my accumulated this much fatigue on Monday and it's chest day, for example, so I'm doing a lot of push-ups and stuff. I need to use more fatigue for the next workout because, of course, my body's now adapted to that. 
level of fatigue and I need to again, find something to push that workout a little bit more, you know, so you're kind of going into your progressive overload. But again, um, it's, all, it's all very goal dependent. Yeah, I guess we've just been speaking about tempo. My, my style of training has always been a little bit more, uh, I might say extreme. I've always been into kind of extreme challenges, um, yeah. things that I've done in the past. So my mindset is always, uh, I've just got this mindset that I can just sit down and, or, you know, get down and do push-ups and just go for as long. So, you know, my current challenge, which I'll still be doing at this time, is just adding 10 push-ups every day. I've been, yeah. I've done this a lot, right? So I understand my body, my shoulders, my elbows. I'm keeping myself really healthy. If I feel anything there, um, I'll stop straight away. But again, that's just taking one of those principles, right? It's taking that overload because I'm Absolutely. reaching like a point of fatigue. I'm also adding that progression in there as well. Is it specific? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to help with some handstand stuff in the future. It's going to help with some muscle ups and things like that in the future as well. But it just goes to show that those principles of training always apply. Uh, so you know if you're listening to this now think about your training what you're doing does it kind of cater to at least one or two of those principles of training is it specific towards your end goal is there progression in there is there overload if there's not then have a think reach out to to coaches reach out to Corey, myself whoever it is and just see if they can kind of help you uh kind of build up from there and and joff you actually touched on a very good point um this volume volume yeah. like we have, we have more time now. So time, like you said, won't necessarily be a limiting factor for the majority. And volume, like you said, you add in 10 push-ups. There's going to be a point to where you're just doing a, a, a crazy amount of volume in push-ups. And that's going, to be, that's going to be perfect towards, you know, hypertrophy strength and many other benefits, you know, and just pushing, just pushing yourself. I say some, some workouts, they even for anything, it's just a gut check. It's, you know, just saying, seeing what you're made of, you know, just, it's about, it's, it's character building, you know? So like for me, and I'm going to talk a little bit outside is like, you know, there's a point where I was running and it was like the middle of summer and I'd run at 10 AM every day. And I just kept on running just because, you know, it's not about the run. It's about getting outside of your comfort zone, you know? Yeah. I think this, this could kind of like take two directions and what I promote as a coach and like with movement wins, like the name says it all movement wins. Like I don't necessarily, I don't believe that the gen pop, like the general population need to be, um, have like real specific goals. I always feel like people who aren't exercising feel like they have to be all in with something. Otherwise they don't do it at all. And I'm just trying to promote the message that, hey, even if you're doing something that's better than doing nothing, you don't have to be part of like a CrossFit gym or you don't have to have a personal trainer or you don't have to be doing a four-week challenge. Just anything is good. But then if we look at progression, and I see this as a time now where people can really get lost in their health and fitness goals. If you're someone who is just, um, you know, you're looking to progress, but you haven't got a plan right now. And I mean right now, like in this quarantine time, you don't have a plan you're going to get lost very quickly. You're going to get unmotivated very quickly and you're going to end up stopping. All right. So if there is a, and this is what I was talking about with the structure of your training, like there's always an end goal of what you're trying to achieve, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think again, that, that fine line between obviously general population might even be training just for fun. And then, you know, those that are a bit more serious and a bit more methodical with it, finding that fine line between the two, because now, again, a massive variable has been taken out, which is the gym that allows you access to not only 
all the fitness professionals in a, in a, in a concentrated place who can help you, but also a, a plethora of um, equipment and toys you can play with. Now you're in your, your front room with a yoga mat and you're, you don't know what to do. So again, that, that fine line is, and I feel like we could both uh, take things from both sides. You know, Not all workouts have to be super, super specific unless you've got a specific goal. And then on the other end, they don't just need to be super general. You know, it, it, again, it's, it's just all about finding that kind of nice middle ground, you know? Yeah. I spoke about this a little bit on the last podcast that I did, but I just want to ask you, how have you kind of found the response from the industry? You know, the, the, the gyms and the personal trainers and, and let's talk about the UAE in, in particular. How have you found the response? Have you found it like positive? Are people really kind of like still trying to help people? Yeah, absolutely. I found it, I found it massively positive and people are pushing out the most content I've probably seen at, at this current time, you know? Um, so yeah, it's content. But then also, I think with regards to there being a lot of content that's pushed out, the general population might get lost in all the content and kind of lose that structure. You know, because everyone's doing this, this workout and everyone's doing that workout and everyone's doing a live every day, pushing another workout, which again is great and it's getting people moving. So it's amazing. I don't think people should stop. I just think, you know, if you're, if you're consumed by all of this content, I think maybe you should, you know, look at it and think, okay, try a few and just kind of figure out what's best geared towards your goals and kind of just be consistent with that, you know, or if you just want to move and just, just do everything, then, then go for it. Like I said, we've got the time and it's much better than doing nothing. Yeah, that's awesome. Mate, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. At the start, I asked you, are quarantine workouts effective? And you said yes, but then you also hinted that there might be a no in there. Is there any, anything in particular that you were kind of thinking of then? Yeah, I think... And I'm going to touch on something that I've been watching a little while. And, it, and, it, and it's just a case of um, try people, you know, you know, those people that are kind of stuck in the whole, I need resistance to train mind frame. Like in the sense, of course, you need resistance, but I mean like external resistance. Yeah. Okay. So I'm seeing a lot of people like, for example, right, take two water bottles and do squats. And for me personally, it, it, you're better off using the tempo variable because those two water bottles, I don't know how much a water bottle weighs, but look, I've got a water bottle here, it weighs absolutely <laughs> nothing, yeah. you know? So maybe for, for you know, if, if, uh, if you're at a certain level, that, that resistance might actually make a difference. But if you've been trained and it's, it's, it's as good as doing it with your body weight, and if you're going to say, okay, do 10 squats with two bottles in your hand, you're better off doing 10 squats with a tempo. So I think, again, there needs to be method behind the, the workouts we're doing inside or else they're not going to be very effective. So, you know, I'm contradicting myself in what I originally said, but again, I stand by both points. You know, you, there needs to be method behind what you're doing or else it's not going to be effective. And that goes not only to quarantine workouts, but to any workout you do. I don't think you contradicted yourself at all. I think you just, you know, you gave kind, you thought about it a little bit more critically and you actually gave a good example there. And uh, I think it's important to understand both sides of it and yeah the whole like water bottle stuff yeah it will be relevant for some people uh, but mm -hmm. then for other people there there are other ways to train that maybe they haven't understood yet or found out yet and it's just yeah. a it's just a chance for them to unlock those other workouts mate i want to ask you um what's going to happen with with training and fitness now you know like loads of people are getting their own equipment at home doing home workouts once this is all over which is as as soon, I, I hope, uh, we all hope, 
is is the fitness industry going to be booming again? Are people going to be excited to get back to gyms, or is it going to be the opposite? Oh, I can do this at home by myself now. What what direction do you kind of see it going? Well, I've, I see it going the way of you know um, fitness is going to be booming, and and you know um, gyms are going to be in uh, or gym memberships are going to be in high demand, and you know even with regards to fitness professionals and advice, but also on the flip side, again people I hope. I'd like to hope that people can find a sense of, you know, um, ownership with their own fitness, you know, not having those external things to kind of lean on and, and kind of take, um, take lead in, in their own fitness goals. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with that. But again, I also feel like fitness is going to start to move a lot more online because we're all using these online platforms to train our clients now and people are starting to realise that, you know what, I can actually train effectively online. If you haven't tried it, then... You know, it's, it's always worth trying. You're always going to have people that, well, okay, I'm a stickler for a gym, but I feel like, you know, even just as fitness professionals, you know, having a, a really strong online presence would, would be great. And I feel like it would be helpful to many people. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like that untouched area at the moment, isn't it? Online training has been happening for the last three or four years. Uh, this could be that, that time that catapults it moving forward. Now, what, what online training does is that, you know, not living in Dubai is a little bit different because people tend to travel a little bit more. But imagine if you're in your, your hometown in the UK and you've got your one leisure center there, you are tied to that gym. You haven't got a choice. Um, yeah. So whoever the trainer is there, whatever the facilities they have there or the classes that they do, that's your only choice. Whereas what online training has done now, and I guess even the increase in small independent boutique style gyms, it opens up the opportunities that you have. So you don't have it maybe the the guy at your local gym or the girl teaching the fitness classes you don't buy into them as a coach but you've always had to do their classes now there might be someone online who you see maybe you followed some of their stuff on instagram maybe they followed some of your workouts and seen some of your exercises and you buy into that person now they have that platform and things like what we're doing now like this video call ways of holding people accountable amazing training software that are on apps and that type of stuff you have the ability to kind of buy into someone's um, you know, coaching program, and they could be the other side of the world from you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think again, it, it just offers a greater scope for people. You know, like you just gave a really good example. You know, be maybe living in, for example, a rural area, you've only got one local gym, and that's kind of your scope. Whereas now, the world is your scope. You know, you could train with someone in Australia. You know, anywhere because these these mediums have allowed you to gain access to a greater range of you know information and also like fitness professionals yeah maybe well i want to just before we wrap it up i want to want you to use this as a, like a little bit of a platform as well obviously we're probably reaching that time now where people might motivation might just start to be wavering on uh, doing their workouts you know they've been working out doing their body weight workouts for the last couple of weeks feeling pretty good motivation starts starting to waver what what tips what advice do you have for for people that are just starting to feel it slip I would say, look, you, you've got to, and again, we, we talked about the motivation thing at the beginning. I feel like just just make it a standard, right, to just, just train, you know, keep yourself fit and active. And I always operate off of the premise that if I do nothing, I'm guaranteed to regress. So even if you just want maintenance, you've got to do something. Right? It might not be the same as going to a gym, might not be the same environment, might not be the same level of fatigue you can induce, 
But what I'm saying to you is if you do nothing, you're guaranteed to regress. If you do something, you will more than likely maintain and could even still make progress. You know, I've kind of been in a surplus now. I'm, I'm, I'm moving around less, you know, I've managed to build some more muscle, you know, my body weight, I, I found a greater level of body weight body awareness and I'm at the point where I've been training now for some years and I'm, I'm not a newbie. So if you've just started training, there's many, many variables you can start to manipulate and start to gain an understanding of that you can apply back. Because there are many things I've done personally, myself with my clients, that I'll be applying in, in collaboration with the, the, the facilities we have at the gym, you know? That's awesome. Corey, where can, we, where can they find you? I, I honestly really want people to go and follow you and just even yeah. to just get that one exercise a week, go, oh, I might give that a try. Where can they find you? At perfect underscore training on Instagram and Facebook. It's perfect spelled P-E-R-F-I-I-T. And you can find us now on TikTok. We made TikTok about a couple of days ago. At perfect training. So no underscore for the TikTok. It's just perfect training. Yeah, we've, we've just opened up on TikTok as well. I need to start putting some content on there, but I'm struggling. feels like everything yeah. has to be a dance, but someone told me it doesn't <laughs> have to be a dance, so we'll see. Corey, thank you very much, mate. Thanks for coming on again. Definitely get you on again in future. Yeah, amazing, mate. Thanks for having me.